Which one's Lippy? I haven't seen it. So he's this annoying ass guy with glasses and suspenders and a blue shirt and an orange and blue hat. And he's just like, hey, kids. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it's the worst. Welcome back to the Shaking Not Scared podcast. Here with you as always, your host, Eric and Vivi. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2019 film La Llorona, directed by Jairo Bustamante. But before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? I'm good. I'm pretty excited because we have guests. Woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) We are joined by Christina and MJ from the Spooky Tales podcast. Do you guys want to say hi? Yes. Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm MJ. We are excited to have you guys on. Do you guys want to tell us what's going on over on your podcast? Yeah, yeah. So we're Spooky Tales. We just talk a about a spooky things with a focus on Latin America. So uh, spooky legends, myths, folklore, haunted places, occasionally true crime, and sometimes other things. Yeah, you guys have taught me a ton. We talk about it all the time on the show that we don't know too much about what goes on in our culture. And so yeah, you've helped out fill that gap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means so much. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of people feel the same way. But going into it, do you guys have creepy content that you guys want to share? Is that like spooky things we've been watching lately? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like what we do at the end of our show. Spooky recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just started or not just started, but I just finished like, Salem's Law on Tubi because it's on there now. The original, the book. I read the book, but didn't never watch the movie. It's really good. Like if you like vampire stuff, it's old, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> we also haven't finished it. So I'm thinking yeah. that maybe the, the last hour is probably where all the meat of the story is yeah yeah i will say the book is better i listened to the audiobook which is also good but yeah it's it's fun sorry you're probably gonna hear my children that's okay okay. (laughs) one likes to growl and go so the other one just (laughs) talks a lot oh that's fun Right now, I'm reading Guests by Mary Downing Han. I think I might have pronounced her name wrong, but it's a changeling tale that I got at my kids' book fair. And I'm also reading Part of Your Nightmare, which is a scary type thing from Disney. It's the oh, oh interesting. Oh, Ursula. Oh, okay. One. Well, I, I read it with the kids, so that's cute. Yeah, I've seen those. Are they? Maybe I've seen a different one because I've seen that so many Disney side stories have been created. It's, like, what yeah. would have happened had the villain won? This one's a little bit different. It's part of the Disney. Disney chills collection book collection or something like series and it's basically each villain does something outside of their you know storyline and people in the real world quote-unquote have to deal with it or within oh, the universe it's weird that sounds fun yeah i mean it's cute because it's like it's like introducing your kids to like horror or scary oh that is fun. i mean we can't have kids not liking horror mm-hmm. i was on something the other day and i mentioned that i we had just watched x the the movie that oh that's our creepy content oh Yes, we watched X, finally. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. I haven't seen it yet. We forget everything we do. But yeah, it was good. <laughs> Without spoilers... Do you want to say what you thought? I thought it was just a good time. It was an interesting take on that kind of slasher genre. I feel like it's one of those, like, you just go in, you go in for gory kills, and you're satisfied. Sounds great. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought so, too. People were maybe looking for meaning in all of it. I think it's just fun for what it is. People were, like, talking crap about it because they're like, it's just a porn horror, but it's not. Sure, there's, like, stuff in there. There's probably more than usual, but, I mean, it, it ends up being okay. It did remind me of another movie, just because it seemed like maybe it was shot in the same area. I brought it up to you, Antlers. Oh, a lot yes. of the. Oh, I still want to see that too. I haven't seen it. I'm very behind on like new movies because I rewatch the same things. Uh, I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> the one I'm excited for is the one that comes out in July. Nope. The alien movie. No. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Same. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Do you guys have any comfort content? 
I've been watching Abbott Elementary. It's my new favorite comfort show because I usually just rewatch Bob's Burgers in the office. But Same. I watch Bob's <laughs> Burgers all the time. <laughs> so now I've added Abbott Elementary into the mix. It's just so fun. Such a little feel good show. And yeah, it's really fun. I've been watching Bluey. That's the one with the dog, right? Bluey's the little dog I see everywhere that parents watch with their kids, but then they actually go watch it themselves because it's so good. It, it is so good. It is so incredibly good. I've never seen it because my child won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on. He's like, nope. And then he just watches. I didn't even know. He keeps rewatching this like uh, blippy Halloween special. He watches that a lot. Oh, and then I'm, there's I'm another so Halloween show he watches a lot. It's fine. It's it is what it is. But if you guys have kids, don't ever introduce them to Blippy. Just <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Too late for me. But it's like Blue's Clues, but like ten times worse because Blue's Clues is fine. Oh my god! Did you guys watch that video where Steve came back and was like, I don't know if you all needed to hear <laughs> the this. the video that made up bunch of millennials cry, cry. Yeah. i was cry- i was like just in my room and i was like oh my god and i went to vivi and i was like this made me cry more than i than it should have she's like i didn't watch blues clues not like Same. that I, I didn't watch blues clues so uh when that came out i was like okay well i'm like I'm oh glad cool this makes people yeah. feel seen i'm glad them. they got closure yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the reason I got more sad was because I'm like, dogs don't live that long and it's been 20 years and he didn't even mention Blue. <laughs> oh, wait, that is sad. You're right. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, more thinking about Blue and I was like, no. What happened to Blue? <laughs> I like to point out, you didn't even cry at our wedding. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely to cry at cartoons than normal things. To be fair, I've cried at a bunch of movies and cartoons, and I didn't cry at my wedding either. So. Yeah, same. I didn't cry. I was like, let's get the let's get the silver with, please. I'm hungry. Okay, it's stressful. Right, yeah. Where are the drinks? My wedding was like five seconds long. I got a lope too. A friend just married us by the base I was stationed at. Your typical military wedding. Oh, <laughs> you guys have a party? No. <laughs> It's expensive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we might have had a house already had we not. Uh, whatever. Not whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right, cool. So speaking of drinks, do you guys want to talk about the drink for today? I think you're the one who came up with that. Yeah. So I don't think I came up with a name. I want to say its name is Alma, and it's going to be based on the name that is given to the one who we realize is Leorona. There is a drink that is called Limonada con Soda. It's a variation of that where it's just like a lemonade with carbonated water. But instead we use squirt. We have mint. We have lime. It's kind of like a mojito. So it's a very clear drink. I wanted to make it a clear water looking drink because unlike in the American James Wan verse where the water is black, it's not like the fear here is the water itself and it's just regular water. So yeah, I just was like, it's regular water. Okay, guys, she's like La Llorona in a river, not not. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) not in some weird black goo. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I totally did not have time to go get the stuff. That's okay. okay. But it looked delicious. (laughs) Did you try it, MJ? I don't drink. Oh, okay, gotcha. There is like a non-alcoholic version of this where we just don't add tequila which is what i'm doing right now because i didn't feel like drinking i'm gonna do that then (laughs) so i would say it's pretty good i thought it was gonna be a really sweet drink but it's pretty nice yeah, it's, it's chilled. Even with the squirt, I thought the squirt maybe was going to make it too sweet, but the mint part of it makes it refreshing, and then you add ice, so it's pretty good. What do you rate it? I am going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. Ooh, I give it a 4. <laughs> cool. All right, well, while y'all sip on this, or while I guess we sip on this, do you want to talk about fun facts? Yeah, so while searching for fun facts for this movie, we didn't come across a lot. We have a previous episode where we talk a little bit about La Llorona. Uh, Spooky Tales has a couple episodes on her as well. We can link all those down below for you guys to check out 
But obviously, elephant in the room, this is based on the Guatemalan genocide of the 1980s. So this is an actual historical event that happened. And we don't feel like we are qualified to talk about this. So we are going to try and find sources to link somewhere below if you are more curious about that. Christina, you said you might have some info too, right? Yeah. So the general of the movie is based on the former dictator. And I totally forgot his name, but he doesn't matter because he was a piece of shit. But he was found guilty of genocide and then like in the movie it's later like overturned it was like in 2015 or 13 one of those two yeah recent but really it started in the 1960s during their uh, war and then it went on into the 1980s but the specific genocide that the movie is touching on is the one that occurred in 1982 and 1983 that essentially like it was genocide towards the Maya Ishil I want to say that that's how you say it people Mm -hmm. but it was like like five or six different Maya groups and it's always the same thing they think that the indigenous populations are siding with the communist guerrilla forces and so then in order Mm -hmm. to win against the guerrilla forces they go and attack the it's like this thing they call it something like you attack the river to destroy the sea is like Mm -hmm. what it boils down to and so they go and attack all these villages with civilians that they think are the guerrillas and the same thing in El Salvador Honduras it's always the same tactic because they learned it in the same place the school of America's trained Mm -hmm. by United States forces so and it was in Panama yeah yeah and so they one third of the Maya population was genocided in this and yeah it's terrible and then he was found guilty and then he was acquitted so was he in prison this entire time he's dead he's dead now yeah so he was it was like he was found guilty and then not that long after he was acquitted then I want to say there was going to be a new trial but he died before it even happened and so by the end of it nothing nothing happened no one was punished for these genocides which is usually the case mm-hmm. as well it's upsetting yeah watching it yeah. you get that grief and you feel for the indigenous folks because you're like what the fuck like these people are so yeah. innocent and no matter what they say they're put in this position where they're not going to believe them and no matter what they do yeah how innocent they show they are people who think that they're above them are gonna be like nope they're liars they're in the mm-hmm. movie they literally say like whores oh my god it's so upsetting the way they talk about them while yes. employing yeah. them yeah yeah and relying on them mm-hmm. like that pissed me off while watching and like this. Yeah. this is a movie but it's true it's a exactly what people do oh and the scene in the court when they have their veils over them it's almost like a direct image from the actual trial of the actual dictator like they had very similar clothing on yeah i was wondering if it like signified anything while i was watching it but i didn't have time to look it up (laughs) to speak on things rigoberta menchu i think was in the movie and she is a political advocate for the indigenous people of guatemala and for indigenous people around the world She's a Nobel Prize winner. And I think she was in the movie, right? Yeah, I was watching it with my dad. And he was like, oh, that's Rigoberta Menchu. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do remember her. That's awesome. And as much as there isn't like a ton of horror elements to it, other than like the stuff that happens at night, the real horror is why this is happening. This is definitely a slow burn movie Mm -hmm. for anyone that's going to watch it. Just stick with it till the end. Yeah, I I was crying at the end. That's a really sad note to end on for fun facts. That were not fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) To hype it up a little bit, Chris. Christina, are you ready for a speed run? Uh, yes, I'm going to try. Let me preface by saying I'm terrible at summaries, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> it's okay. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Okay, so a rich family is uh, dealing with the horrors of uh, 
acts committed during war while uh, being terrorized. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> Something like that happens. <laughs> and somewhere along the lines, La Llorona comes along. So. <laughs> yes. Is that it? Is that your summary? That is what I have, yes. Okay. Well, you destroyed the one minute. Great job. <laughs> you <Sweet>. did it. <laughs> so... Wanted to share what the internet says that this movie is about. Oh, okay, okay. Let's yeah. see. IMDb says that the movie is about an aging paranoid war criminal protected by his faithful wife faces death while being haunted by the ghosts of his past. What ghosts of the past. Is it rated on IMDb? It is rated 6.6. That's not bad for IMDb, I guess. Yeah, they usually rate like good movies like way low because yeah. people hate horror on AMDB or something. They really yeah. do. Yeah. I also have this theory that people just hate foreign films in general. Oh, they yeah, don't get that it. too. That too. Yeah. yeah. the subtitles. I had to read. <laughs> I don't like to read my movies. Oh, yeah. People hate subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to read, I'd open a book. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other side of it too is that like when white people watch films movies that, that aren't about them yeah they're kind of like Meh, they can't whatever. relate yeah it's weird to think about this but i'm sure there's enough people who like watch this and are just like no the indigenous folks were the bad guys yeah i'm sure there's some people out there who think that yeah not to mention people deny that the genocide happened so a movie centered around the genocide they're going to be like this is leftist propaganda yeah. yeah and in the movie we get some of that like opinion yeah right? mm-hmm. the mother when yeah. she's talking to her daughter she's Ugh. like you're a leftist now i'm like okay. yeah acting like savages out there and it's hard watching it because you know that there are people who see this type of thing happen and instead of paying attention to what's going on and empathizing they're like yeah no it's ruining my rich ass life my beautiful life is being ruined (laughs) by your social problems yeah (laughs) we can get into it outside of my pool yeah yeah because i had issues with the whole like they're just living their lives where there's protests outside their door day and night and i'm just like i couldn't do it but yes let's do it let's dive into it i'm ready for it if you guys are ready yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all right we start with the lady praying and staring at the viewer with several other women i can't tell if it's a novena it seemed like it but Mm -hmm. watching it the second time i thought it was more like they're just praying for the generals that's what i got safety yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they're praying but it goes on for a while until we get the title card Card, La Llorona. They're just staring at the camera for a minute as they pray. It totally sounds like a ritual or chant, though. Yeah. yeah. If you're a non Spanish speaker, I'm sure it's like, oh my God, what are they saying? Yeah, it's like creepy whispering. Yeah. Several men sit in a room drinking and smoking as a man tells everyone they have to keep their heads up because they're heroes and not victims. Another man asks if the general falls, they all will, and they're too old to be put in prison. A third man says their age is making them cowards. Outside, people say their goodbyes, and we see the place cleaned up by the maids of the house. A woman looks at her laptop, and we meet a younger girl, these are Carmen and Sarah, who asks why people are talking shit about her grandpa. The woman asks if her friends talk about him, but the younger girl says she saw it on the internet, which I thought was just interesting. Kids are going to grow up in a world where you can just look up whatever, and your parents are going to have to answer that. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> grandpa Something was to look a dictator. To. Oh, my god yeah what <laughs> he killed how many people he, he murdered a whole population he genocide oh my god he gave me five dollars for paletas and he's over here killing people yeah right he told me not to steal <laughs> <laughs> look at him <laughs> Meanwhile, one of the maids prays in another room in what we assume is a Mayan dialect to protect the family and the home from evil. The subtitles keep saying that it's Gakshikel. Is that what we assume is the language that they're speaking? Yeah, that's what the population... Oh my god. But yes. 
<laughs> At night, the older man from earlier named Enrique hears a woman let out a cry that sounds like it came from inside the house. He slowly sits up in his bed for a minute, and when he doesn't hear it again, he tries to lay back down, but once again, he hears the cry. He goes into his closet for a gun and hears the water running. He enters the bathroom and moves the shower curtain quickly aside, finding nothing. He turns the water off and sits there as he continues to hear the faint cry. Later on, we find out that he's kind of battling Alzheimer's or early onset. I don't think it's wise to leave a weapon with someone who is at the beginning stages of mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. No, right? my grandpa had Alzheimer's and he would sleep with a gun under his pillow. Oh, that is so unsafe. I think there was a time where he like went up to my grandma with it. Oh, shit. Yeah. That is scary. They slept in separate rooms. After, Yeah, I would yeah. too after that. <laughs> that is scary. He goes downstairs and in the background, we see a woman come out of a doorway. He quickly turns around and fires at her as a woman comes out and screams Letona, one of the guards. Another woman yells at her to take his gun away, but when Valeriana tries, he puts her in a headlock and yells saying he knows they heard the woman crying. Letona shows up, Letona is the bodyguard, and tells him to let her go while holding his gun. But Enrique the general fights back saying they need to search all the rooms and it might be a spy. They bring all the women to a room and a woman asks if anyone heard a woman cry. They all say no, and she asks the general if it might have been a nightmare. He doubles down and says he definitely heard it, but one of the girls says it was her in Caxiquil, while one of the others asks if he heard her far or near, which they never really explained like what the difference is. If it was far or near, it doesn't matter. What I gathered was that they know the legend and they know what's about to happen, so they want to know how much time they have yeah. to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, If it was near, yeah. it's already over. You're dead. <laughs> we gotta yeah. go. She says close, and the woman by the general's bedside tells him to shut up. Carmen, the general's daughter, asks what they're saying, and Valeriana just says he's getting old, and that's all there is to it. Carmen asks for his gun and says for everyone's safety, she can't leave it near him. Valeriana's story is kind of interesting because later we obviously find out that she might be the general's daughter. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was like, why is she so adamant to stick around? And she's the only one. Like, yeah. Even that her people are mm-hmm. being mistreated, mm-hmm. like it makes sense later why she would do this. The next day, Carmen looks at the bullet hole while talking to another woman. The woman says it's a shame what's going on, and with everything going on, it's no wonder he's going crazy. Carmen says stress accelerates the effects of Alzheimer's. She points out that he's still good at shooting, though. <laughs> he could have killed her had he <laughs> shot a few inches off. Yeah, he might be uh, losing his damn mind, but... He's still a good shot. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take him off. She says after his trial, he'll get better when Valeriana enters saying all the servants want to leave. This scene is sad because you see like the people are like, bro, this guy is killing our people. I don't want to serve him anymore, which good for them. Yeah. Because in times like this, I'm sure that like the fear itself also just doesn't let you make the right decision. Carmen says now is not the time as her mother needs help taking care of her father. She guilt trips them and says they can't leave her alone like that and that he's always given them a home, food and pay. She says they'll never be treated the same anywhere else. Valeriana says they're all scared when the mother says they're all ungrateful. Carmen calls Letona to prep the car when one of the servants whispers something to Valeriana. Valeriana says the servants want their pay before they leave. The mother says they'll never find work. And the next scene is the mother and Carmen in a car riding somewhere, which we find out is the trial. Again, the way they treat this staff is just so douchey. It's hard to say how they were actually treated because we only see the story from here on out, right? Like she's trying to say like, we gave them a home and food and pay and whatever, because it seems like they treat Valeriana well. Maybe they did treat the people well, but it's like, I see that this guy is giving me all this food shelter and water it's like we were saying about a grandpa murdering people but he's doing all these things to my people back home i don't want to work for him i don't care what he's doing for me and they just talk 
to them like they're lesser. Like yeah, they genuinely say, believe it. You, you can tell that that's how they they treat them. That they're just like lesser people. They don't matter. And like what they're giving them is the bare minimum that you should give yeah. an employee. <laughs> yeah. And I I'm gonna assume they didn't give them their benefits before the staff left. So true. Yeah. When they come back, the house is empty, and she's like, "Where'd they go?" And she's like, "They left. They left. Yeah. They said they were gonna quit. <laughs> they meant it. They weren't, they weren't kidding. <laughs> yeah. A woman in a veil is in a room full of people speaking in a different language. Again." It's Kakshikel. Trigger warning if this is a topic that's too intense. A translator says that the guerrilla ran away as an army approached and that she had no idea until she saw a fire and escaped with her children. The violence followed as they set their crops, homes, clothes, and cattle on fire. Outside, the women and children were separated from the men. The women were sexually assaulted and they proceeded to kill everyone. In the room, people are clearly disturbed and have to be told to be quiet. Like, this is a really sad story. The mm-hmm. translation continues saying that some of them escaped to the mountains and were kept hidden by clouds when helicopters would pass by to search for them. But because they had no food, they had to come down. That was when they captured her and took her to a military base. But there she says that the soldiers did whatever they wanted with her and she wasn't the only one. They hadn't done anything wrong and were just at home minding their own business. She says she's not embarrassed to say what happened and hopes that they're not embarrassed to seek justice, which is a powerful thing to end on. It is. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine like going through this and then sitting in a courtroom full of strangers and telling your story. Strangers who you know probably don't give a shit about what you're saying. Or agree with the general who mm-hmm. right. did this to your people. Yeah. Carmen hears a news reporter say the trial's been going on for two months as General Monteverde claims everyone was part of the guerrilla and that his men never attacked any civilians. I thought this was such a snake move. Such a politician move. It's sounds like people are claiming he was committing genocide and we hear some stats that between 1982 and 1983 3,000 people were killed per month equating to 33% of the Maya Ishida people in order to take their lands that were rich in oil yeah such a shitty way to be like oh they were all a part of the guerrilla so I didn't kill any civilians the kids too yeah like, and this mm-hmm. is this is how they justified it in real life this is how it's always justified in Guatemala in El Salvador in Honduras like everywhere this is what they use yeah it's crazy and I hate how much the world doesn't talk about it oh yeah, yeah. as much as Yep. people want to be social justice warriors it's very uh centered it's, in it's only the for u.s places yeah yeah mm-hmm. and for certain people yeah well to a lot of people it's just a hashtag that's as far as their social movement goes yeah i could talk forever about it <laughs> carmen finally walks away and we see the general's lawyer in the trial room saying he never specifically ordered an attack on any specific people of any background ethnic religious or race He says there never was a genocide in Guatemala. The general takes his turn to speak and says his intent was to create a national identity for the country. And someone in the background yells, "Uh, genocide. The general says he's innocent, but the judge responds saying they've heard from witnesses and seen documentation that shows proof that the Maya Shield people were written off as enemies of the state. She says that not only have his massacres affected the lives of his victims, but society in Guatemala as a whole. Carmen turns and sees several Maya Shield women covered in veils as the judge asks the general to tell the truth. But she continues and says that even if he didn't order it he did nothing to stop it and so he's been found guilty of genocide the crowd goes wild yeah Yeah. (laughs) as much as he wants to say well i didn't do it it's like okay but you had the power to stop it yeah and he knew the thing that's upsetting is finding out that all these crimes happen in 1982 and he's barely being sent to trial for it in like 2013 which i think is around the time this took place when you listen to the way he speaks to it's kind of like when you think of adolf hitler i was trying to create a national identity for the country he's literally accepting that he killed a, a bunch of indigenous people in order to create this national identity because that's what that is erasing yeah. indigenous people to create this new identity i would like to take 
just a moment to point out the cinematography a little bit. It feels like the women in the courtroom who are all wearing the veils are the most bright and colorful point of that scene. Like the courtroom is muted and their veils, which are very vibrant in color, are what stands out to you. I just thought it was a pretty shot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Everyone in the crowd cheers as reporters swarm the general. The general starts to cough uncontrollably, but the reporters continue swarming him as Carmen tries to make her way to him. I was like, he should die right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He becomes exonerated because of his health problems, right? Yeah. They can't send him to jail because he's sick. Okay. You killed thousands of people. You weren't sick then. (laughs) Right. This is the next part, which is kind of like, fuck you, old man. In the hospital, the general takes his meds while a woman on the news says all the testimonials against the general are fake and that she's going to have the judge thrown in jail, which is corruption. This man is literally in the hospital drinking and smoking cigarettes. Okay. And, and, and hitting on the nurse. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word for this? Mama always says that when like older folks hit on younger women. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that forever, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> At some other location, Carmen asks her mother if the general would tell her everything and whether he did everything they said he did. Her mother is offended and gets really offensive, like in general. She literally calls the Maya Shield women prostitutes and says they were showing off at the trial and paid to lie. This woman's in denial. <laughs> yep. Carmen is like, yo, relax. <laughs> the way that this woman is <laughs> talking. Is, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's able to lie about everything they say he did. You'd have to live through it to give that level of detail. Her mother's like, well, your dad told me those women showed up at military bases and would offer themselves up, but your dad is a good person and offered them servant jobs instead. Sure. That's what she wants to believe. Yeah. She says that like if they did get molested, it's because he couldn't keep an eye on everybody and whatever they did is something they did, not his fault. She really has constructed her own narrative just to feel okay. And it sucks because later we find out that she hasn't been treated that well by him anyway. So why is she defending him and this is something that we see a lot at least i think in our culture is where it's easier to not say anything because give us la gente yeah then to act on well, like what's happening at home she could also be dealing with a form of stockholm or battled woman syndrome if he's been awful to her as well like what else and can there, she do yeah and there's so many layers because you know she's racist so you know she oh, really yeah. does believe that these women were throwing themselves at the men and then which is not the case and then she doesn't want to believe her husband is also partaking in the assault of the women which he probably was and then like we later find out that he has a possible half daughter right that is indigenous and so that's another layer that like you add that to it and maybe she wasn't treated well but it all comes down to like her being racist and her appeasing her husband so like racism and the patriarchy like that's what it comes down to that's what it always comes down to (laughs) yup sorry guys (laughs) Carmen brings up remembering they would have arguments and that she'd stay behind crime because he was seeing other women so she's like yo i know you're trying to paint this whole picture but i saw you yeah her daughter is like not having it <laughs> yeah her mother is like well yeah even generals are men but it was their fault because they would tempt them okay okay <laughs> yep <laughs> Do we forget her mother's name? Because like throughout this whole thing, I just write her mother, um, but they I never say her mother. Don't think I caught it. They probably did, and I forgot it. I feel like the on. characters most mentioned are Sarah. Cause they say her name like and every the little scene. girl, right? Yeah. The mom's name, Carmen. That's the daughter, isn't it? That's the daughter, yeah. isn't it? Oh shit! Wait, what? Did IMDb just mess up? Because they have the daughter as Natalia. Is that her name? Oh my god! I don't even. I thought her name was Carmen. <laughs> I thought it was Carmen <laughs> too. Carmen. All right. Well. Listeners, if you know their name, just pretend I'm saying the right name. (laughs) But I'm going to be saying that the daughter's name is Natalia. 
but I'm pretty sure they kept saying Carmen. Oh, shit, yeah. It does say Natalia for her, Sara. Oh, and it has the wife as Carmen. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, man. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> We're professionals. Yes. <laughs> Carmen's like, I'm not even talking about that, but her mother's like, whose side are you even on, first of all? Ugh. Carmen should have been like, who the fuck's side are you on? Yeah. <laughs> she already knows. Yeah. <laughs> when did you turn into a leftist and start believing those communists? Who are you hanging out with? She went straight into mom mode. It was like, ¿Con quién te estás juntando? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's influencing you here? You can't think for yourself. Obviously, this is coming from someone else. Yeah. Such a mom move. So much. <laughs> I can think for myself, mom. Carmen is like, I want to know if you know the truth. Her mother just says, in order for the country to move forward, we have to forget about the past. If we look back, we turn into statues made of salt. Um, is, that a, is that a lore story? That's a biblical story. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, from Sodom and Gomorrah, where um, the asteroids start hitting people. And I can't remember what, but was it Lottie's wife? I might be getting everything mixed up, but she looks back and she looks at the city burning and God was like, I turned you into salt because I told you not to look back. Oh, mm. damn. That would make what? sense. Okay. I do remember this. Wow. I didn't know that. Not yeah. really. I'm not a good Catholic, former Catholic person, so. Yeah. <laughs> Neither are we. I always make comments and Vivi makes me delete them because I'm always just like, the Bible's like mythology. And she's like, delete that. Because <laughs> people will come at us. Mm. What it is? The stories yeah. are crazy. They're fun. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there should be a horror series based on it. Oh, yeah. Yo, <laughs> I'd watch real. it. Tornadoes made a fire just blast. That is metal as fuck (laughs) (laughs) we have those here in california during fire season oh my god oh i don't remember that terrifying (laughs) yeah there's video on youtube have you ever seen one in person no what what part um up uh north during the what was it the car fire am i getting it mixed up i don't know oh okay that's why i never like north north like redding and all that or lower like yeah i think towards there i'll send you videos later okay yeah i don't set foot there I don't set foot there because there's fire tornadoes. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't fine. set foot there either. And people are being turned into salt there. That's God's land. <laughs> <laughs> At the hospital, everyone watches the news as a reporter says the trial has been annulled as representatives from the private sector insist there isn't enough proof to show that genocide occurred. Corruption. Everyone in the room, you can see the mom is like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Everyone in the room is happy except Carmen. The report continues saying the public hasn't taken this decision positively as it shows the country's corruption. You also mm-hmm. assume that that lady from earlier on the news probably did get the judge fired. Probably. Outside, people crowd the entrance to the hospital as a reporter tries to question Carmen. She's told she can't be let in as she yells she was promised in interview she asks about the disappearance of her daughter's father and the security guard comes back telling her to be careful with what she's saying in an ambulance everyone watches as the general's men suit him up with a bulletproof vest as they get closer we hear people banging on the side of the ambulance the men say they need more people for backup and start suiting up with riot gear while carmen and her mother just watch i like this scene because it shows the growing anxiety that the people inside the ambulance are starting to feel as they approach Mm -hmm. their home you hear the guys on the radio chattering like we're you know 50 feet away 25 feet away and the mom is trying to be like cool and composed while Mm -hmm. Carmen watches the chaos that's happening in front of her. She's the only one that's realizing like, yo, this is not cool. What we're doing is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. They open the door and objects are thrown as police and riot gear keep people away. They finally make it inside and covered in some red paint or later we find out blood. The mother is like, yo, they didn't steal anything, right? Like that's the first thing she asks. What lady? (laughs) (laughs) I I get it. I get it. There's blood all over me, but are my earrings still here? She's like, oh, thank God. It was horrible out there. They're savages. The general asks for his bath to be readied by Dora, but Valeriana says everyone left. The mother is surprised saying they're all ungrateful and asks Valeriana to call more people to come work. 
Carmen hugs her daughter, Sarah, who's panicking about what's going on and thinks the red paint is her blood. She says it's not hers, but might have been an animal's. Sarah says she doesn't want to be there anymore, but Carmen says they're fine. In another room, the general sleeps while Letona watches. The window's curtain starts blowing heavily, and the general hears a woman's faint cries. He asks Letona if he heard anything, but Letona says no. The general looks out the window as people yell, murderer. He sees one woman, though, specifically staring back at him. Such an ominous stare, too. Yeah, she is very creepy. Yeah, I like her. I love it. Yeah. She does so good. The woman, who we later find out is Alma, approaches the door, and Valeriana answers asking where everyone else is. Alma says she was the only one, and that everyone else is afraid. They let her in, and the whole family watches as she gets patted down. Alma has really long hair, and Sarah asks if she can grow her hair like her, and wear a dress like her. Her hair is amazing. Yeah. It is like the longest, darkest hair, like to her ankles, basically. Yeah, later when she's picking up flyers by the pool, it's like flowing in the wind. Valeriana shows Alma around, and as they look around the kitchen, and the sink starts running on its own. But Anna's like, what the that's fuck? weird. Yeah. <laughs> I love like the little hints of water, like as Alma is like nearby, but it's like not obvious. And it just yeah. like they turn and there's just like water. <laughs> but it's it's awesome. But no one asks themselves like what's happening. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't like that before. It's all right, it's an old house. She shuts the water off and they continue to their sleeping area where she tells Alma the house can seem haunted sometimes and should stick with her. Valeriana points out that Alma brought very little with her, but that little by little she'll start to to buy more. They go to bed and Valeriana asks how everyone's doing back in their hometown. Alma just says they're just there. She's like, I stand. What, what do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> and they go to bed. We get a really long view of Valeriana asleep until finally. I love that part. Yeah. Alma's hair drops over the side of the bed and she just stares at her upside down for a while. It is very creepy. It gives me um the ring vibes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> The next shot is Alma with her head submerged in water until Valeriana says she doesn't have to do that here since there's showers. Outside, we continue to hear people chanting. The family watches from the window as the mother says it's an invasion and wonders <laughs> when they'll be left alone. The general says they can't leave the house and will have to ask Lerona for anything they need. The mother tries to be cool with Sarah saying she no longer has to go to school, but Sarah's like, yeah, I want to go to school. <laughs> School's cool. That kid's yeah. a narc. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's a leftist. I don't want to stay here with y'all boring ass people. <laughs> Carmen says it's only for a few days as we see Alma in the background holding a frog. The general says it's not okay for women to live alone and asks them to move in. Sarah notices Alma and goes to pet the frog. They leave together and back at the window something is thrown nearly hitting Carmen. Security comes in telling them to get away from the windows but Carmen starts yelling out for Sarah and says she's going to look for her. So she separates herself from the rest of them. Throughout the house we see different images of people who were probably killed or went missing thanks to the general as Sarah continues her search. Outside she sees the frog in a pool full of these missing people flyers. Carmen goes back inside and we hear someone whispering numbers counting up in what we can assume is is the Kakshika language. It's really eerie and it's getting like raspier and deeper and it mm -hmm. becomes like disembodied. Carmen runs into Alma holding Sarah's head underwater and pushes her off thinking she's drowning her. But Sarah gets pissed because she's like, I was almost at 21. <laughs> she's going to break her record. Yeah. <laughs> it's still very weird. I think if I was a mom and I saw that, I was like, don't do not do that with my kid. You could hold your head underwater by yourself. Why is she? Why is she holding <laughs> your head down? <laughs> yeah. I wonder how long she would have had her down there had Carmen not come. You know, it's, it's an odd scene, but also kind of sad and sweet it's almost like she's training sarah to hold her breath just in case 
of what happened to her kids ever happened to right, her. Right, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting shift on the La Llorona story because as kids, I mean, I was told that like she's here to seek kids because yeah. she misses her kids, right? And we'll take them. But I don't get that vibe from this story. No, it seems like she's Not trying to all. protect Sarah. Yeah. Sarah says she was teaching her how to hold her breath, but Carmen drags Sarah away saying she never comes when she calls her and Valeriana comes in saying Alma needs to stay alert and help her clean up because of the mess that's being made. The people continue their chant as the general watches from a balcony. His wife comes and tells him he needs to back away because rocks could get thrown at any moment. The general says nothing. He just looks at her and walks back inside as the wife notices Alma picking up papers in the pool. She stares at her until Alma finally looks back and she walks off upset saying the people are going to drive her crazy. This is the moment I think too that the mother's realizing oh this Rabo Verde is staring at the new servant. Yeah and it mm-hmm. gets much weirder later. Yeah. Sarah tells Carmen that Alma said it rains a lot in her hometown and that plants grew fast there. Carmen asks if Sarah likes Alma and she says yeah and that she has two kids. Carmen's like wow so young for so many. She says indigenous folks have a ton of kids fast. Again another problematic statement to make. Another stereotype. Yeah. yeah. And Sarah continues saying it's a boy and a girl. Carmen says she wonders who she leaves them with while she works and Sarah says her kids are dead and walks away. Damn. <laughs> yeah. No follow up. Yeah. Her kids are dead mom. Way to be insensitive. <laughs> Carmen's like what? That night the general sits in his chair while his wife lays in bed with her eyes open. He doesn't notice she's awake. He hears a splash and goes to take a look around. He hears a faint wailing as he sees fog around the pool through a window. Alma is in the water wearing a white dress and gets out. The general hides and watches her enter the house completely wet. He follows after and hears the shower running. He enters the servant's bedroom and notices water completely covers the floor of the room. He goes to open the bathroom door and notices Alma naked and straining her dress. Alma looks back and continues straining the dress. He stares and smiles though. He's really creepy. He's really creepy. Yeah. Suddenly the bedroom door opens and the lights turn on. We don't see who did it because then we hear Alma screaming for Valeriana to help in Caxiquel and says the general is harassing her as his wife stares at him from the doorway. Valeriana yells at the general to get out and calls for Latona while he just stares back at his wife. She walks away as Latona, Carmen, and Sarah come look and are all pretty disgusted, including Sarah, who's just like, <laughs> oh, come on, grandpa, what the fuck? That would be so disturbing as a kid yeah. to see your grandpa be a perv. Yeah. I don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see that now. <laughs> Much less as a kid. <laughs> yeah. They wait on the stairs as Latona carries the general upstairs. He's heaving like crazy and says he can handle it. His wife says she doesn't want him to sleep in her room, but Carmen says they should take him to the hospital and her mother says they're not going to admit him. She continues saying he's always loved chasing after women, especially indigenous ones. She says all women drive him crazy and that she never thought she'd still have to deal with it at this age. Damn. So weird. (laughs) Carmen tells her to forget about it and to get some rest. Sarah is concerned that her grandfather did something to Alma, but Carmen just says, go to bed. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I get the vibe that Sarah having seen all the things that people are saying about her grandfather and now seeing this is realizing that he is not a good person. Yeah. She cares more about Alma. Which, which is good for good. her. People like to say we should keep things from children because they don't understand, but like kids understand. Like there's yeah. there's the part where you're like, you know, let a kid be a kid, but if like something like this is happening, they should know. Yeah. Also again, why are they just letting this old man run rampant? They should just lock him up <laughs> in jail. <laughs> I've kind of noticed that he also whenever he gets in trouble for doing something that's when he starts having a health heart attack type oh, situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all he's ever known, right? He's a dictator who's been lying all his life about what he does being the right thing to do. And suddenly he's sick every time he gets caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carmen goes to the servant's room and asks Alma for forgiveness in her father's name, saying she should understand that he's just really stressed. Don't Ugh. be mad at him. I think she's used to seeing her mom make excuses for this man as he mm-hmm. committed these crimes and, and everything he's done. So she's going to do the same. I have a feeling 
feeling that as each generation goes on, it becomes less and less tolerant because mm-hmm. she's still questioning her father's like role and everything and sees him as maybe not the good guy. But her daughter, his granddaughter for sure is like, nah, he's a creep and I'm not defending him the way my grandmother and mother have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She promises that it'll never happen again as her mother comes in to tell her not to wear her uniform anymore because it's too tight. What a bitch. <laughs> this is like so typical though. So typical to blame yeah. the women for what this old senile man is doing. The next day Carmen checks her father's vitals and notices he has a breathing deficiency. The general says they can't leave the house and Carmen says he has to at least tell Alma he's sorry in the meantime she could make a scandal if he doesn't so it's not even because you did something wrong it's because this could get worse if you don't she could go to the media mm-hmm. he says he's always been a sleepwalker and carmen says that- you've never been a sleepwalker <laughs> Bro, a day in your life part, yeah. <laughs> outside the people continue to chant as the mother looks at herself in the mirror she has red around the bottom of her eyes and i thought that was kind of cool the person who we think is probably the one that needs to be woken up the most which is her mother she's the one who relives the story of alma and i think that's cool that is yeah and then her eye just gets worse and worse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it looks it's, so it's nasty it's to show her like this is the stuff you're talking about the stuff you're saying we're lying about this yeah. is what happened it's a pretty good method of karma we kind of talked about it when we covered the crow making the oppressor see what they do which it shouldn't come to those extremes you should just right? be a yeah. decent person but i do love some good revenge yeah, yeah. <laughs> Outside, we see Carmen sitting in a chair doing yoga as her mother sets up to sit next to her and asks her to look at her eyes. Carmen says it looks like conjunctivitis. She's like, oh, it's just it's just the humidity in the room. I hate how much humidity is the blame for everything sometimes. <laughs> at least at home, like my family would always say that. It's like, it's low my death. I'm like, you're literally <laughs> That is something my parents would say a lot. <laughs> she lays down and starts putting cucumbers on her eyes as she asks Carmen if she thinks it's weird that her dad showed up one day with Valeriana. She says Carmen was young when it happened, but Valeriana was not much older than Sarah when it happened. Carmen is like, what are you trying to say? She responds saying Valeriana might be her half-sister. Carmen's like, bro, stop saying all this crazy shit. I'm trying to relax. She just like casually brings it up like, oh, that's probably your half-sister, by the way. (laughs) Puts the little cucumbers on. (laughs) By the way, family trauma. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's so fitting for this type of family, you know what I mean? Like They seem to just sweep things under the rug and then (laughs) casually bring them up. She says she thought she'd gotten over it but can't stop thinking about it lately. She says maybe god sent her because she'd be nothing without her that's white savior complex carmen hooks her dad's oxygen machine up to him as she asks how she met valeriana he says she already knows and she follows up with why he didn't like sarah's father he says he didn't love her and tells her that he loves her the whole thing about sarah's father is like discussed a lot it's hinted that the father had him killed because he just didn't like him right which Which is like crazy that he could just do that yeah like i don't like your husband i'm gonna fucking kill him like damn (laughs) at night Sarah looks out the window as the people outside play music. She thinks it's beautiful, and we see people sitting in silence holding crosses as a few people play instruments. The mother lays in her room alone and shuts the lights off. We see her holding two children in a cornfield speaking Kakshikel, so this is a nightmare that she's having. But it's part of the transition that starts to show her what Alma went through. We hear whistles, and she starts running with the kids. They make it to a hut and hide as a person approaches whistling. The boy looks down, and they notice she wet herself. She wakes up from this nightmare and hears eerie music playing outside. She gets up to clean the bed and goes back to her actual room, right? Because she wasn't sleeping with the general at this point. I couldn't tell or if he was just off 
camera. The next morning, Carmen says it's normal at her age to have accidents. She unfolds a diaper for her and she looks away disappointed. Carmen puts them away, saying she doesn't need to use them already, but now she knows where they are if she does. Not only is she being torn down by the nightmares, but she's also experiencing it in real life. I'm being like stripped of everything that I thought made me rich and powerful. Here are some diapers. She's like mentally and physically falling apart. I think this film also is commenting on old age and just how powerless you feel and everything that they're trying to make the general pay for is he paying for it because he already has alzheimer's and is acting crazy does he recall the things he's done because wouldn't he upon seeing alma remember that he killed her or not because he killed so many yeah that's what i would think it is that it just blends they all blend in yeah sarah's underwater as alma counts as she gets past 20 though sarah starts to panic and can't swim up Alma reaches in for her and pulls her out right at the last second. Alma and Sarah stare out the window and hear the people chant. We don't know what they're looking at. They're looking down at a paper and they look out the window. They're like, no, it can't be. It can't be, though. She says the person on the paper looks like a person outside when Carmen finds them and tells them to stop playing around. She tells them to leave, looks down at the paper, and then outside noticing a man staring back that looks just like the one on the flyer. It's the I love that. I love the idea that the spirits are the ones out there protesting too. Yeah. They're the voices that are unheard. Carmen reviews the flyers as the news plays on TV saying that the people of Guatemala are tired of crying over its missing people. Carmen watches the people outside as Latona tells her she's brought what she asked for. She asks how dangerous it is to leave and Latona says very, but she responds saying being stuck inside is making them sick. Try living through two years of pandemic, girl. She turns to Latona asking if he knows anything about Sarah's father and whether he thinks it's weird he would just disappear out of nowhere. Latona says he doesn't know anything about it and that it's better that she not try to find out. Because he knows something about it. (laughs) Right. Downstairs, Sarah and Alma play checkers while the general and his wife argue in the kitchen. You can't hear anything that they're saying in the background, but she suddenly slaps the crap out of him and he just stays behind with his hand on his cheek and Alma and Sarah just stare back in shock. He goes to the bathroom to look at his cheek and Carmen asks if he needs help. The general says no, so she walks away. Carmen walks in on Alma and asks her to take a seat. She asks her if Sarah saw when her dad was hit and whether she was scared, but Alma says no and asks what Sarah's dad was like. Carmen asks if Sarah talked to her about him, but she says Sarah just wants to know what he's like and where he is. She says the father of her kids was skinny and laughed a lot. Carmen asks where he is, and she says she also doesn't know. Carmen asks if he abandoned them, but Alma says no, and asks if hers abandoned her. It's just this like, what about you? Yeah. (laughs) Carmen's like, honestly, I don't know. Alma leaves, and Carmen says Sarah's dad's name was Carlos, and that he also laughed a lot. It's a sad exchange. Yeah. Is there any symbolism to it, though? Like, to have Carmen talk to Alma about this? I think, ultimately, they have a similar story, and the person responsible for them having a similar story is the general. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that was the point of the scene. Suddenly, we see the mother getting her hair pulled by soldiers. The hut is lit on fire, and the kid's being held down. She hears gunshots as the kids scream and wakes up. She starts crying and we cut to Alma on the floor with her hair completely covering her. Sarah appears with a hairdryer and Alma starts saying words in Caxiquel while Sarah <laughs> responds in Spanish. So Alma is teaching her how to speak Caxiquel, which is cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Alma turns when she hears the general calling for Valeriana. He's in a room staring at the bed and when she comes in, he points and says that's what's killing him. They move the bed aside and we see the wall is eaten away and rotten. So it was La Humeda. <laughs> <laughs> it really was this time. <laughs> She turns to him and says someone's done some black magic, though, and he just tells her to clean it up. She says it ain't that simple, though. We need to clean you up first. (laughs) She's like, oh, it's just some black magic. No big deal. 
He sits in a chair while she chants in Kakshikil holding a plant over his head. The chant says all hatred and negativity must leave the house for the sake of the family and for the ancestors to help them understand who wants to harm them. The mother is looking out at the people who all stare back in silence. It's like it's eerie. eerie. <laughs> Carmen comes to bring her inside. I thought when she was staring out, she was staring at Valeriana do this thing. But I don't even know that she would have known they did this, right? I don't think so. It's in private. So Alma and Valeriana clean up the wall as Valeriana says she talked to Juana to get more help. But that she doesn't know who Alma is. She asks Alma where she's from, and she responds she's from the deepest part of the mountain near the river. She says she lived there until the killings began. And Valeriana's like, wait, how old are you? And Alma's like, I don't remember. That is like <laughs> the creepiest response. And it's the first time that someone's really asked her questions about herself other than Sarah. Yeah, because Valeriana's like cleaning, but she's staring at Alma like, what? <laughs> yeah. She starts to realize yeah. she's like Yorona after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> took her a minute. Right. It took her a little too long, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the running water wasn't a hint enough yeah yeah <laughs> it's nighttime and we see letona wake up from sleep as he hears a woman crying sarah walks the halls and we see letona holding his gun walking around the house too sarah unplugs her grandfather's oxygen tank and walks out with it damn damn <laughs> letona enters the kitchen and notices a boy and a girl holding his hands i thought letona was out for the rest of this but later we see he's still alive they just mm -hmm. took him away because they're like mm, you're gonna be trouble later let's just uh put you somewhere else the little girl tells him to come with them and they walk away together in the room the general notices his oxygen tank is missing while outside sarah takes the tank to the poolside and jumps in while holding it this is where i was confused on maybe alma was gonna kill her right because she holds it and like sinks to the bottom because the tank is heavy i think that the little girl thinks that she can breathe with just holding the tank because <laughs> it gives her grandpa oxygen and so she's like well i'm gonna this is how i can stay underwater longer i'm gonna use my grandpa's oxygen tank that yeah. could be it. thoughts of a child at 2 a.m <laughs> yeah you know what i need to go do right now <laughs> yeah i thought that the two little kids who took away the security guard were her kids. Like Yorona's kids. kids. They were. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just clarifying that. Leading him away so he doesn't intervene in what's about to happen. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. She puts the oxygen tank to her mouth and stays underwater. Meanwhile, Carmen wakes up and walks around the house as well. Everyone's awake. Everyone just suddenly is like, it's time to Something's find happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The general goes out to the pool and sees Alma in the water. She submerges her head as he points a gun up and starts firing into the water. Carmen <laughs> sees him as we see Sarah shot in the arm why did no one take this man's gun why did he still have it right yeah. dude and sarah's like a trooper she's shot and they pull her out the water later but she's just like ah. holding her arm i think her arm was grazed i don't know if okay. she was like shot shot still, i mean you're a kid that fucking hurt right <laughs> the wife appears and they stop him from shooting he starts yelling that that bitch hit underwater as sarah comes up and carmen jumps in after her they pull sarah out of the water as he continues to yell but carmen takes the gun and points it at him telling him to move while Adriana gets in the way while he yells her to respect him because he's her father yeah yeah i hate yeah. him those, so much those words <laughs> Inside, they hold him down while he says that everything that's been happening is Alma's fault. Sarah looks outside and notices hundreds of frogs forming the house. They look out to the yard and notice people standing there as they ask how they got past the guards. Valeriana says there's nothing that can stop them. They hear a woman crying loudly, and Sarah says it's Alma crying for her kids. She says Alma knew her grandfather from long ago and told her not to drown. Valeriana tells them to bring all the candles and sugar they have. Give me all the candles and sugar you have. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> <laughs> as they gather the candles, we see more and more people are starting to gather outside. They hold hands as Valeriana starts to chant in Kakshikel for the four elements and ancestors to protect them. She asks for the spirits that torment them to speak to them through the fire and tell them what they can do for them. The women's cries get louder and stronger as we see crowds of people staring silently outside. 
Valeriana continues asking the spirits to go back to sleep in peace as there's nothing there for them and to forgive them. Valeriana is like bawling. Like she's like, I I didn't ask for this. Like, please just leave us alone. Seriously, her more than anyone did not ask for that. (laughs) Yeah. Deal with him. She says if the general has a debt with them that they had nothing to do with it. Valeriana starts crying more and more as she continues and says they know it's not fair for innocents to pay for the consequences. She asks them not to harm them and that maybe they can help them. Sarah starts gasping for air as we see children outside in the crowd. The mother starts bending backwards and Carmen starts freaking out while also trying to get Sarah to breathe. We see the mother being pulled away by guards at a camp where they're dead all over and two other soldiers drag a boy and a girl out to the water. They push the mother to her knees and ask her where the guerrilla fighters are. The mother says she doesn't understand him and Caxiquel, saying her husband isn't in the guerrilla and neither are they. She asks for her children to be left out of it, but the general says she needs to tell him or she's going to have them drowned. She says she doesn't know as the soldiers hold the children underwater. The general holds a gun to her face and fires as we hear a woman scream, my children, over and over. The mother looks to the ground and we see Alma with a gunshot through her forehead. She looks up at the general and chokes him, pushing him to the ground. Cut to present day, where we see that the mother actually choked and killed the general. And everybody's in the background like, Fuck. Damn. Damn, yeah. (laughs) Family just watches and we flash to present day as the casket is covered and pulled into a hearse. The family just stands in line, including Valeriana. You know, everybody's like, I'm sorry, and says their respects. A man goes this to the washroom. This part is so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we hear men call him general. As he approaches the urinal, he hears a woman cry and looks around. He looks down and notices the bathroom floor is flooded and runs out as we hear my children one more time. Man, this so last scene, the last bunch of scenes is so loaded. I feel like the part where they're doing the seance is so ironic. Like everything she's asking for, like, don't hurt the innocent. We have nothing to do with this. That's probably all the things the natives were saying to the generals when they were being killed. But they're asking for forgiveness. It's like, whatever. It is. Valeriana, I feel like out of all of them, is probably like the least problematic. problematic and the one that should probably not be killed by these people or affected but like yeah the general and his legacy which is the family are to blame it's like that thing like what the wife is doing in Carmen it's like you know what he's doing but you're pretending like it's not so you're to blame because you're not doing anything about it so then I wonder if seeing that vision because she sees Alma dead I wonder if it was just her who wanted to choke her husband for doing these things after finally seeing them and not so much Alma making her do it and because she lived them so she knows because it was her experiencing them yeah it's like Alma is is giving her that nudge that says like you don't even like your husband either so just murder him (laughs) he needs to pay i'd be interested to see a sequel to this this makes me think too that she's doing this to every general oh she is going after everyone who did this like this could be like the chronicles of la llorona (laughs) (laughs) right it's crazy though because like in the in the end he i mean yeah he's killed but it's like all of them in the house are paying for what he did more so than he because the wife is the one experiencing everything she's the one who like eventually gives not gives but makes him pay for what what he did uh valeriana is trying to save them and she's a product of what he did but he's the least affected even though he dies in the end it wasn't enough by the way no <laughs> it's like those things when you're like the person who's committed all of these crimes and done all these horrible things is it enough to just kill them or do you make them suffer for what they've done yeah it's, it's like, like when people say prison is better than giving someone the death sentence because they have to live with the consequences for many many years which he didn't do his sentence was overturned so yeah. oh it's like you put it earlier you're like he had alzheimer's he kind of already lived the life he was looking to live yeah like how much of him is 
actually still in there to pay the consequences of his actions. I really like this take so much more than the James Wan film. Yeah, yeah, way better. I like how we see like little frogs throughout the movie and then later it's like, oh, there they are. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, you guys have final thoughts? So I loved it. I loved that it was, you know, true horror is our, you know, like the monsters, real life monsters are people, not a ghost, not anything like that. And I feel like it was like, you know, there's a lot of horror out there and they have these creatures or entities who can't really hurt you in real life. But in the real world, humans are the monsters. And I cried so hard at towards the end scenes because I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible. And this is, even though it is a very like fictional take on the story, people do live this. And I cried hard. I loved it though. Yeah, I had the same thoughts, but it's also super interesting because there is a version of La Llorona, the legend, before the movie even came out, where La Llorona is avenging her children that were killed in a war. And it's heard in like the rural parts of, uh, it's like the southern parts of Mexico and Guatemala. So it's interesting that that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what happens in the movie too. But yeah, it's like he's the monster not her she's just uh, i'm on her side always even mm-hmm. when she's in the in the normal legend i'm usually on her side but <laughs> even more so now because of this i think we could put it in the category of good for her horror because you're definitely rooting for her even the mother you're rooting for her to kill the husband yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think it was beautifully shot. I like that the dream sequences are not muted colors. They're the most vibrant and fiery. And that last scene where they are killing her children, like MJ said, is is devastating. The director did capture like how horrible it is. So I enjoyed it. I love the somewhat like haunted house vibe that this has because for the first half of the movie, it kind of just feels like a family drama that just ramps up into horror. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with all you guys. Definitely loved the way that the film was shot. I kind of mentioned at the beginning of this where the movie, although it doesn't carry the theme of horror throughout to mirror what MJ said, the horror is the acts of what has been happening to these people. La Llorona is just like a figure that's come back to be like, no, we're putting a stop to this, right? The effects that it's had not only on the people but even the people around the generals who've done this like the wife has had to deal with it now the kids have to deal with it the people outside are dealing with it the country is dealing with it mm-hmm. and yeah yeah she's a hero for sure <laughs> again it's hard to not compare it to the american one but this is what i meant when we talked about that movie on that episode a story like this has to happen where the origin of that story comes from for sure they already have a sequel coming out for that la llorona movie and it's a white family Ugh. again and it's like dude stop. oh but it's <laughs> in mexico this time <laughs> oh they're tourists right and this is, yeah. is this someone that danny trejo is in yeah. you'd think after the success of this movie where people want to see the people that the legend is about that's what we want the movie about like we don't we don't need <laughs> yeah. to see more white people being centered and these things and I mean hopefully it's better than the Curse of La Llorona because that was oh my god I hate it so much it was a joke yeah I have little hopes for it yeah Yeah. but what do you guys rate it I give it 10 out of 5 sorry 20 out of 10 I'm with Christina on this. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It had a really good plot. Really well written. For sure. I really enjoyed this. Again, if slow burn horror is not your thing, it might not be for you. But I would give it an 8 out of 10. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. No part of the film is boring. Yeah, Yeah. the whole time you're trying to figure out like this family drama and the secrets that are going on between them. And the the sound, the way sound was used in this movie was like, I feel like Mm -hmm. the the people outside were their their own horror element. The house was Mm -hmm. like it's own character almost like 
yeah, it's just it was really, really well done. That being said, should we talk about what scared Loki about this movie? Yeah. He was really intrigued by all the whispering and chanting that goes on. Because <laughs> every time that they would start, he'd be like be watching his the head. TV. Yeah. yeah. You doing that? <laughs> we need more music like this in our lives. <laughs> but do you want to tell us about it, Loki? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll start playing more music like this. I just started buying records, so I'll see if there's uh, some chanting records. Some chanting records, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of chanting, have you guys watched Archive 81? I started it the other night, but I can't watch things at night because I just go to sleep. So I'm going to try and binge it during the day. Okay. Do you like it? <laughs> oh my God, the sound design in the movie and the chanting, the way it's used, amazing. Yeah. I'm really sad that they canceled it. They oh, canceled shit. it? Yeah, there's no others. They announced that they were working on season two and then they announced that it was like not going to go forward. Oh, what, what? the fuck? But it I was feel like so we watched good. part of it when we were at your cousin's party. Yeah, we started watching it a couple times. We need to actually just sit down and watch it all the way <laughs> yeah. through. There's just so many good things out there right now, but we'll put yours at the top of the list. Yeah, that means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it means a lot that you guys are here. We, we really had fun. I know we have technical difficulties, technical difficulties aside. Yeah. <laughs> but we'd love to have you guys back if there's ever a movie that you would like yes. to oh, watch. Oh, do you us. guys have any haunted stories? Because if you do, we would love to have you guys on as well. My family has a ton of haunted stories. Oh my I, God, we need to, yeah. we need to schedule something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have some stuff too on my side that uh, my mom doesn't like me to tell, but I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Let's schedule something. Do you guys want to tell everyone where they can find you on the socials and things like that? Yeah. So a spooky tales all together, like spooky, but with the E in front of it, a spooky tales on Twitter, Instagram. We have a Facebook, but like, I just don't care about Facebook. So it's not really updated. <laughs> Same. Yeah, Same. and then uh, TikTok, <laughs> if you need more spooky content in between episodes, I post almost daily. Sometimes this teething baby doesn't let me, so <laughs> but I try to post daily on there. But yeah, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram are probably the biggest ones. And SpookyTales.com as well. Seriously, those TikToks are awesome. <laughs> Seems like a lot of hard work. Time consuming. <laughs> yeah, a lot of research that goes into those. It looks like it, but really, like I just look something <laughs> up and then like a minute later, I'm like, all right, going to record this. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're like, that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you guys so much for being on we really had a good time as always we hope you guys had a good time here with us you can follow us pretty much anywhere at shaken not scared pod except twitter twitter shaken scared pod you can send us an email at shaken not scared pod at gmail.com support the show on patreon you can get early access to episodes or a bonus episode and theme drink idea every month listen wherever you get your podcast give us a follow check our our drink videos go give them a like they're pretty cool we'd work hard and do things on there so do it (laughs) be sure to like rate review all that good stuff and okay thanks bye 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 (laughs) (laughs) there it goes